We're halfway through 2022, so it's time for that midpoint financial checkup. We're untangling financial issues. Welcome to Your Finances Untangled with Mo Param. Mo is a financial advisor and partner with Cloudvestor. Untangling Your Finances. The podcast is about just that. We are now working on year number three now. We've been doing this two years. Mope around with Cloudvestors. If you think, well, you know, a lot of people are with technology now. Many people are working from home and doing so much from home, banking from home. Why not think about financial planning from the comfort of your own home, but still working with a human being? That's what Cloud Vesters is all about. Mo, uh, what I do want to thank you again. Uh, for bringing the entire podcast staff down to Florida, we had a we had a blast. We really did. Uh, That's great. Yeah, you know, with the podcast after that, you had the DJ. We went out on the beach. Just so much fun. Yeah, and then the after you know an after party was on the yacht. I mean, it was a really really great time. I'm glad glad everybody enjoyed it, and um, can't wait for next year's party. That yacht. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you you just everything was good. A uh, couple of couple of follow ups from the podcast last week. I am so dumb. <laughs> I said I meant to, I was trying to say what you really had there. Um, I was saying artificial, and I just couldn't think of imitation. But you you served up um, again. You pulled out all the stops: imitation crab meat, imitation shrimp, imitation steak. <laughs> Imitation roast beef. It was good stuff. Oh, you know, we were trying to figure out because the engineers had put camera into the room where everyone else was while we were doing the podcast and they unveiled the gift they were going to give you. It happened to be a beautifully framed. Um, uh, they took the picture you took. Well, you won the award of that chestnut uh, chestnut backed chickadee and they framed that for you. Oh, they pulled out all the stops. They pulled out all the stops. It was it was great. You know, now it's framed in my office, and and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a nice eyesore when people come in. Eyesore? <laughs> no, it's a it's a conversation starter. That's what oh, it is. God. Well, it's that time of the year to to put the old portfolio in the station wagon and haul it off to the financial doctor for its uh, midway checkup. That's what we're yeah. doing now, and really things that you should be looking at in the middle of the year because i mean we're it, it, it's a it's a it's a constant effort as we're building on it or let's let's look at some things that you would look at with clients in the midway point if you meet with them for a review what do you check first do you check their performance in investments or are you looking at tracking their savings what's first well, first, you know, I, I definitely want to just see how they're doing overall, right? So check up on them. So how are the kids? How's the wife? How's the husband? How's work? Uh, how's your health? You know, mm -hmm. just kind of get a a, uh, a good overview yeah. of how life is. So kind of just check up check up on life. But then when it comes to finances, but the, kind of that that conversation could start with, well, where is the first point of your financial? picture we want to talk about but usually it would be you know let's look at the budget right and what are what are some of the things that we discussed um that we were probably planning for whether it's paying off debt whether it is a savings goal we we're trying to accomplish let's just check out the budget and see if there's anything that either needs to be tweaked within the budget 
maybe something came up where we weren't expecting it, you know, like a, um, a large expense, you know, um, car broke down mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, HVAC unit went out or, you know, um, you know, something happened where all of a sudden we weren't really planning for it. An emergency happened and maybe we, we used some of our savings to take care of that and, and resolve that issue. So a good checkup on the budget is usually the first place I would start. Yeah, that, that really is a good starting point to find out, are you on track with the budget set and whether or not, whether it was life happens events or maybe got a little happy with some purchases and mm-hmm. uh, nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that, but maybe you need to scale back in the second part of the year in looking at savings. Um, this, this may seem like a, a dumb question, but I don't think it is. Is it possible that you could track and say, Hey, you are actually saving more than you really need to. You're way on track with that. We could do something better the rest of the year with that money. I mean, you're already at your year's goal in savings, let's say. Should they just keep saving or should they do something else with that money? That's not a dumb, that's not a dumb question at all. It depends. You know, they're the, you know, typically I like to have clients have three to six months of their expenses in cash. Mm-hmm. Nothing fancy, no in a savings account right now, high yield savings accounts. I actually just got an email from uh, my bank uh, that they're increasing it to one percent for their high yield savings account. So that's been kind of the the general uh, percentage that you're receiving a high yield savings account by one percent. So mm-hmm. that's where I like to have my clients, you know, their savings accounts there. So, but even if even if they if you reach that goal, you know, with inflation, um, you know, running amok this year. You know, maybe the maybe we need to add a little more to to uh, that savings goal that we that we wanted that, that we were striving for before, or maybe there's been some you know uh, layoffs in your in your office, and so maybe you're a little uh, paranoid, or you know you just want to be cautious just in case there you know that layoffs comes to to you personally. Yeah. So, uh, so so generally speaking, you know, if there can be a point where there's just too much money in cash. But it doesn't necessarily mean that once we hit our, you know, our goal of three months or six months or even even a year's worth of your expenses, right? We just stop automatically. You know, we want to just get a, a, a temperature of your life and just make sure that maybe there is some more things we may, we may need to save for or just, or to uh, protect ourselves from. Yeah. But you know, if we if we do hit if we do get to a point where we have too much cash, then there are other areas that we can use that money for. So maybe if there is debt. That maybe we just transition from the savings to now we're going to pay the debt off a little more. Oh yeah, or increase our sa- increase our investment amount. Um, with with inflation where we are right now, I bonds seems uh, seems to be a very hot topic for some people as a way to invest and, and hedge against inflation. So instead of you know the money going to your savings account, maybe we you know maybe for for now, direct some money into an I bond, so we, we at least get a a, a a really nice return for this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as much as you know, you can get in there. That's certainly something to look at with inflation that we're dealing with now. Speaking, so we try to make it flexible when it comes to savings. Yeah, flexible. Once you've passed, once you've passed that goal, we're trying to that we're striving for. Yeah, it's kind of nice if they're in that situation where they've hit their savings goals mid-year and then they're free to be flexible and look at other options. Yeah, I mean, the options is, a, is options is the name of the game. You know, um, if you have options, you have you have leverage. 
Speaking of savings, um, what about in making sure that we can save some of the tax money that we want to make sure we don't overpay in taxes? So the tax strategies, you know, we deal with taxes through the year. We do our taxes at the end of the year or before April 15th of the next year, but we're dealing with tax strategies through the year. That's a good way to review and also to make sure that, um, well, the, the, not only are your clients taking advantage of every tax opportunity, saving opportunity, but also maybe in the proper documentation for it. Um, as far as like where, keeping where, those receipts or whatever. Or keeping those receipts, yeah. You definitely want to do that. You definitely want to be keeping receipts, tracking um, where those dollars are going because, you know, the last thing you want to do is um, – Get audited. <laughs> well, one, get audited, yeah. Right. Or start scrambling when it comes to filing your taxes, right? Because you don't have the right documentation. You don't know where they are. So I know. Uh, you're right. So if you haven't done it yet, the good thing is um, you can start now mm-hmm. for the remaining of the year, right? right. Keep, a, keep, a, keep a, a process going. And then, you know, for whatever expenses you've had earlier, you know, maybe some medical expenses, uh, typically your home mortgage and, you know, property taxes, that's all, at least for me, it's all on, on uh, my lender's website. So that's kind of easy for me to track. Yeah. They're doing, okay. They're doing it for me, but maybe charitable, charitable contributions. Um, if you're a business owner and you, or, uh, or you have uh, like 1099 income and there are some business expenses that you are able to write off, make sure you, you're keeping track of those. And there's a lot of apps, tools, uh, QuickBooks, you know, all these different apps that can, you know, that can uh, uh, track your expenses for you and put in a nice spreadsheet. So if you haven't done that yet, I'd say it's a good time to start. Well, yeah, it documented for if you go to a tax preparer, for instance, um, it's just so nice to have everything all there. Both of you appreciate it. Your tax preparer does. And you mm-hmm. can, too, because you're going to be out quicker. And it's just it's and even before you go to them or if you do your own taxes, for heaven's sake, I've been in that situation where I'm scrambling, trying to find, well, where in the world? How can I figure out what I paid for this? And and just just if you have it well documented, it, it makes life so much easier when you do your taxes. It does. You know, I would say, you know, if if you if you continue to do it on a weekly basis, Right. Because uh, it, it may be hard to, tr- to track your expenses daily, you know, sit back down daily and, and go through receipts. But if you, you know, carve out a Saturday morning, you know, call it an hour and just go through the receipts for that week, go through your credit cards and see what, you know, what you charge that week for, you know, X, Y, Z for gas. And you're able to, you know, that's an expense you'll be able to write off. It won't take that long. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and if you do it habitually, then you, you, you'll you thank yourself when you start filing your taxes because everything is there. Yeah, it also gives you a, a good sense every week if you do that or how you are, uh, are you on track with your budget? That's uh, right. Because you can monitor your spending that way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. And we've got more to cover on what Mo and the team at Cloudvestors with their clients would look at at that midway point in the year with a midway financial examination or checkup. For you, maybe the checkup sounds better. Uh, <laughs> examination, I think of a clinical room with bright lights and things like that. This is just a, a checkup, a checkup. Uh, yeah, and a review. There's more to come, and we'll look at well your tax strategies because they're in they're with you all your life too. I mean, in some way or another, 
should be saving for retirement or looking ahead to retirement, even when you're early in your career. Well, and we'll look at some other things too, like you're checking your credit. Uh, if that's been kind of challenging for you in the past, checking your progress on that. It's all coming up on Your Finances Untangled. can you enjoy the best of both worlds in your financial planning, the convenience of a virtual relationship with your advisor, but also maintaining the human touch? That's CloudVestors. That's CloudVestors.com. That's a relationship you can trust. At CloudVestors, you get a personal relationship with one of the team advisors who will help you build a robust investment strategy. It's all about specific, customized planning for your unique situation and for wherever you are in life, whether you're just starting out or getting close to retirement. Holistic financial planning in all areas, including taxes, estate planning, insurance, cash flow, and budgeting. They even offer customized personal websites for clients. The technology of today while still maintaining that human touch. That's Cloudvestors. That's Cloudvestors.com. We're back with your finances untangled and do check that website, cloudvestors.com, cloudvestors.com. Consumer advocate Dave Perkins here with Mo Param of Cloudvestors. Mo Param, now two years providing information uh, for people in all phases of their financial life on this podcast, as they do, and services for those at Cloudvestors and cloudvestors.com. We're looking at the midway of the year checkup. Uh, and review uh, your whole financial process in your life, where you are, your portfolio, and and what you're doing. Is we've covered tax strategies, we've covered how a cloud investors during one of these reviews will certainly review that budget uh, and take a look at your savings. Or do you need to boost that? Are you not on track? Or as we talked about, have you already really hit your savings goals for the year? And does what options does that open up for you? You know, I always think about too, like you know, they to help you remember to change the battery in your smoke detector. Um, we use the when we change our clocks. Um, it's a good way to remember it. What about during these reviews? Is that a good time to review? your passwords and we all have about 20,000 passwords. <laughs> How long is it safe to just let them be the same thing that they are? Oh man. Yeah. The password challenge, the password struggle is, is it's a real struggle because every, you know, every site that you go to that has any type of, you know, personal information asks you to, to create a password. And, you know, some passwords may be minimum of eight letters and, two of them have to be caps and the special character. And, and, and it's just a pain in the butt to kind of, you know, to keep that all, all squared away. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, so there are some sites um, and some services that, uh, that, that make it easier for you to maintain it. Uh, the one I think I can think of right now is, is LastPass. So LastPass allows you to save all your passwords uh, uh, for every site that you have. And so once you go to those sites, you don't have to worry, you don't have to worry about it and it'll just, you know, log you right in. But, you know, these sites are are really good recently that I've seen of just of uh, uh, requiring you to update your passwords. So I so for personally for us when, you know, we use LastPass, um, uh, if we if 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 we have a site that there's a password that we use on one site on a, we use on multiple sites. Mm -hmm. We'll get a we'll get a notification saying, well, that's the same password you use for site X Y Z. Do you want to change it? Um, or they'll they'll say, you know, um, your password is not as strong. 
as 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 it could be. Um, here are some ways that you can you know uh, beef up the, the the security of your password. So these 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 sites are getting better. But I would say I don't know if there's an actual like every six months you should you know review your passwords and change them. But I would say as frequently you should at least do one at least once a year start to think about hmm, maybe I should change my password for you know what for one or two sites especially if you're using the same password for multiple sites yeah absolutely and you know there are some entities that actually require you to do that yeah uh the two-step verification is is starting to become very um uh, uh frequent now where not only do you have to log in not only when you log into your website you have to have a password but you, they may have to like text you a code so that's another way to verify that you are who you are okay yeah yeah, it's all about protecting yourself because there's certainly um, people out there trying to get you. Yeah, so um, you know, in our industry, especially, um, we you know we don't take any type of trade or liquidation or or any type of orders from um, from our clients via email. So um, so if anyone, if any of our clients email us. Hmm. And say, hey, can you make a contribution? Can we take a distribution from our accounts or whatever? Maybe can you change X, Y, Z, our address or whatever it is? Uh, our team always calls to verify that it is you, Dave, that's calling. And it's not because we don't take any instructions from emails because you never know. Someone can just be hacking your email um, address, right. uh, your email account, I mean, and you know, make a request, uh, a distribution on your on your behalf. And if we're not verifying that and just go ahead and, you know, process those orders, that could be fraud. I'm always suspicious of like, for instance, on Facebook, um, some, somebody, and you don't even know who it is. They'll post, what was your first car? Uh, a question like that. Mm -hmm. And then you see thousands of people just have to weigh in on it. And I don't, <laughs> because I'm thinking, how, why do they need to know that? That's suspicious right. to me. It may not be a fraud attempt, but why would they care what my first car was? <laughs> I mean, I know they're saying, oh, I'm just starting a conversation. I don't trust that. Yeah. Now, be in this day and age, it doesn't hurt to be just a little bit uh, skeptical. Yeah. You know the most common password of 2020, what it was? COVID? No, one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, now, really? I'm reading that somewhere, so I don't know if that's uh, and that's is followed by one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, coming in at number four was the one and only password. Ah, password. So you know, hackers try that the first. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. And then maybe your dog's name. And that, just to give credit to it, I just got to your dog. Dog's name, uh, you know, like your mother's maiden name, or if they can find out your birthday. A lot of people just put their birthday in there yeah. and things like that. Um, that was, uh, I was reading, just to give credit, We Live Security. Anyway, I had Googled um, hacking uh, passwords, and that's where I got the <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I don't know if that was the most popular from 2020, but I guarantee you a lot of people have it. I've I've worked at places that had it. And I'm like, what's the password? It's one one through eight. <laughs> the password. <laughs> um, okay, let's look at this. Uh, I know everybody thinks of retirement, ah, especially if you're younger. 
That's a long ways away. Worry about that later. Uh, Mm -hmm. But actually, one of the regrets that many soon-to-be retirees and retirees have is that they didn't think about it earlier in life. Is that obviously that probably how often does does retirement come up in every conversation you have with younger clients? Um, Yes. Yes. There's in every in every meeting that I'm with, retirement does come up. Now, where where does it fall in priority is a different story. Right. But the the idea of retirement, the conversation about retirement always comes up. So, you know, I think if year end, I mean, mid year is a good time to check on your what's your retirement plan right so whether it is um uh starting a starting a retirement account whether it's an ira roth whatever it may be um if it's if you have an employer sponsored plan like a 401k um maybe it makes sense to increase your contributions especially like you mentioned before earlier if you already reach your savings your emergency savings goal well what can what else can you do well, maybe it's time to enhance and boost your retirement savings um, contributions. Um, with all the volatility we're seeing in the market, maybe it's a good time to check up on your performance and see if there's any adjustments, reallocations that need to be made in your portfolio. Um, some tax loss harvesting. That's another big yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, most, I don't say most people, but some people, some advisors that I've seen and spoken to wait till the end of the year, closer to the end of the year, to do tax loss harvesting, which is um, the big picture. What that means is looking at some of your losses and off and offsetting some of your gains from your from your accounts with your losses. But you can do that within the throughout the year, right? And you know, with all the volatility we're seeing this year, has been you know a good time to to revisit and view if there's any tax plan that needs to be done, which can also enhance your performance, which can also enhance your your uh your accounts again so so all all that being said is you know this is a good time to to review your your retirement plan whether you are 50 years old five years away from retirement or you know you're just starting out with your first career you're 25 years old it's always it's i don't think there's any bad time for you to just take a a step back and look and see what my plan is because or, or start or start a plan. Yeah, oh, oh, that's it. That absolutely just to start. Um, and hopefully, you know, let's say you're in your 30s. Of course, you're solidly accumulating. But right. what age do you then now? Because retirement strategies should always be there. But at what age do you really kick it up a notch and start looking at uh, distribution strategies? Even if for, is it before someone retires? Is it five years before someone retires to start getting in that that mode, distribution mode? Uh, so, so distribution mode, I would say that five, within five years from retirement, um, that's when we really start to hone in on a on a distribution strategy. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, if you're 35 years old and, and our plan is to retire at 60, well, are we really starting to think about, you know, 25 years from now, how right. we're going to distribute the money? Yes, we have a kind of a, an idea in our head of how much income we will need. But that's something you can put off. But that's something we can put off. It's in my mind, at 35 years old, you should be in accumulation mode, and that's your mindset, not distribution, mm-hmm. not how are you going to get this money out. But five years away from retirement, that's close, right? That is, uh, what, five years ago was, what, 2017? That wasn't 
that doesn't feel like that long. Not ago. at all. Not at all, right? So, um, so five years away from retirement, we start looking at a distribution strategy. And now what I mean by that is, okay, now let's think about one, how much income do we need to retire, right? You've, you've got a good sense of what your lifestyle is at this point. You're probably not going to go back in, in lifestyle. So how much do we need? Uh, five years away from retirement, if you're at the typical retirement age, right, somewhere between 60 and 65. Now, Social Security is going to be, uh, in my opinion, a reality. You got to make that Not decision. A, yeah. So you got to make that decision. Medicare is going to be the, a decision. Um, if you've if you if you've been accumulating in a pre-tax account, so all of this wealth that you've amassed is all pre-tax, meaning that when you do make those distributions it's all going to be taxable. So maybe now it's the time to think about, okay, maybe we need to add some tax-free income uh, into our portfolio. So looking at Roths or Roth conversions. So um, so we're, we are looking and, and really planning a distribution strategy, you know, five years within retirement. Isn't, is, speaking, you mentioned Social Security. Is it true that 62 is the number one age for Americans to, to clean? Oh, oh, I don't, I've, 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 I don't know that. I've read that in, in some places, um, that that was the number. As a matter of fact, I'm on moneytalksnews.com and I, I have seen it in other places though. It's the, where it says the largest percentage of Americans appear to made up their minds, start getting their benefits at age 62, which that's uh, challenging because yeah, you know, if you if you start this if you if you start your your Social Security before your full retirement age, you know, so anywhere between sixty six and sixty seven is your full retirement age for, yeah. for, for the majority of, pe- of people. Um, there is an amount of income that you can't go over nineteen five sixty currently. Right. So, it's it's a if that's if that's if that fact is a true fact, then you know. It's from a 2020 analysis by the Bipartisan Policy Center. Really? So obviously it is reduced and there is that earnings limit, which my understanding is uh, at some point you when you hit full retirement age, you'll get that back. But you'll never you're always going to be limited in what you get if you claim at 62. Yeah. I mean, you're taking that 20. It's reduced. Uh, it's about, yeah, it's about an average about 25 percent reduction from your benefit that you will receive at your full retirement age. Yeah. Now, by all means, I, I'm not saying the plan is you should always wait to your full retirement age or, or wait till 70. But sometimes I would it often, works. Sometimes it may make sense to claim at 62. I'm sure in some yeah. cases, right? In some cases, yeah. Um, but I would say if you are taking your benefit at 62 and you do plan on working and you know for a fact that you're going, you're going to go over that income threshold – you know, I would I would really start to ask, is it really worth it? Well, I mean, you help your clients with decisions like that. And then even with all the decisions and you can provide assistance and even maybe sometimes utilizing outside partners uh, with help on uh, the Medicare decisions they have to make. I did want to say real quick, it, apparently that is the case. What I said about passwords, because here's another uh, site, HS Today. Uh, actually citing a number, 2,543,285 people used 123456 as password in 2020. No wonder there's so much hacking. Well, how did they know that? 
Yeah, that's a really good. That's a really. That's <laughs> Are they a, asking people what their password is? Maybe it could be. You know, how do they pinpoint it to that accurate a number though? That's a really good question. Um, people are getting hacked because they're telling <laughs> random people their passwords. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've been doing the survey here. What's your password? <laughs> oh, great question, Dave. It's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You know, I really want to look into that. It's a really good question. How would how would they know the exact number down to two million five hundred forty three thousand two hundred eighty five people? How could they know that? All right, I'll look into that. <laughs> Maybe I'll have a follow up on it. Uh, but I do know this: a lot of people do just go the easy way on. On oh, yeah. passwords. I know uh, some people that say, I, I, not a lot, but I know some people say, I'm going to get hacked anyway, so why not? Well, that's that's, so, that's, a, that's a ridiculous That's a terrible like, way to look at it, yeah. Like, oh, we're going to get hacked anyway, so I'll just do a, a simple password. Yeah, this is, um, I mean, everywhere I click, it says that, uh, it, not all of them give that specific a number, but it says common password of 2020, number one is one, two, three, four, five, six. Now, let's say you've had some credit challenges in the past, and we're looking at the mid mid year review here. Okay. Um, so, how often is it a good idea to check your progress by checking your credit report? Uh, I would. It's it's important checking your credit your credit report is is important because you want to make sure that the information there is accurate. You want to make sure that uh, you haven't been the victim of identity theft or something like that. Been too. The victim of identity theft, exactly. That's 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 um, you know that's that's running amok too, as far as um, you know, uh, people that have to claim for, uh, that their identities have been stolen. Uh, so so yeah, at least once a year, I'd say it's a good time to to check your your credit report. Um, now. now the different agencies allow you to have free credit reports uh, throughout the year. Um, I think some even give you multiple uh, free, free credit reports throughout the year. But uh, now each one of the three major at least give you one free uh, report annually. So you can, uh, you know, systematically throughout the year, maybe every, you know, every four months, every quarter, uh, no, not every quarter. Every four months, you you know you request a report from one of the from one of the um, the agencies. But yeah, you you definitely want to just make sure that um, uh, your credit that you're having a good pulse of what your credit looks like, your credit score, your credit reports, your debt, uh, any loans, any 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 credit card debt that you have. You want to make sure that we have a game plan around how to address it. Um, there's a lot of apps now. Again, apps are huge, right? They kind of keep. They kind of keep um, uh, make it easy for you to track things, right? You know, from Credit Karma to uh, you know, Capital One has I forget the name of their their app, but it does keep it 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 allow it it will send you a notification if there's any changes to your to your credit. Okay. Um, so yeah, so you you want to just keep track of it, just like you would keep track of your expenses. You want to keep track of your liability and your credit. You never know when you're going to have to make a large purchase. And um, your credit is going to be uh, uh, ran to see what kind of um, rate you would get. And you don't want any type of red flags to happen w without you knowing. It's a good idea to do. It's also a good idea to make make sure you know wherever you are in life that your plan is certainly not static. It needs to be 
flexible for your life changes, for legislative changes, for market changes. So that's Mm -hmm. why reviews are necessary. Cloudvestors.com is there for you. Now, I I will admit, uh, Mo, I um, have been doing some multitasking because I got locked into this uh, whole password thing. (laughs) So I actually Googled how, and I found out NordPass was, um, I think, some studies they've done, the source of the numbers on that popular password for 2020, which everywhere I checked, one through six was clearly in 2020 the most popular. But I, I searched how do they get, how do they how do they know those numbers? So I'm still checking on that. But uh, this okay. on uh, NordPass.com, they actually can list the count on all these different ones, like one through six, one through nine, one through five. Uh, password, you know, things like that. So uh, I'll have to dig a little deeper to see how they know I- I- these That's exact crazy. numbers. Yeah. I would, I really do want to know. Now you've got me uh, intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, these could, I mean, this could be some type of a, a survey that's weighted and the way they can weight it, uh, it leads to a more precise number. I don't know, but I'll try to find out. It's interesting, though. Clearly, though, one, two, three, four, five, six was the number one password choice in 2020, which means you basically, as you said, look, they're saying, I look, I'm going to get hacked anyway. At least I can remember <laughs> that one. <laughs> Not a good idea, though. Not a good Not idea. Not a good idea at all. Cloudvestors.com, cloudvestors.com. Check it out. The uh, That's their website. You can learn more. You can even navigate your way easily to schedule that initial appointment with one of the team members at Cloudvestors. And I like what Mo said. I asked, what's the first thing you get into with your client uh, during a mid-year financial review? And you said, well, I asked them how they're doing. How's their family? Um, How's work going? So that's cool. That's the human touch part of it, Mo. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, And and to end this conversation, I would say um, you definitely want to – you definitely want to share your plan if you're married to your spouse. I know it just kind of went completely left turn. Well, no, I, what I agree. Yeah. What we've noticed sometimes is that there's usually one person who um, kind of has their hands uh, and their fingers on the pulse of the, of the financial plan for the family. You know, they're the ones who, who are checking the investments. They're the ones, you know, you may have two couples, I mean, a couple, both of them are married. I mean, married, sorry. Both of them are investing in their in their current 401ks, but you know one person is spearheading the exact plan of how everything's going to work, uh, and then that person unfortunately passes away, mm-hmm. and the surviving spouse has no idea what's going on, what's their plan. So, if you are married out there, I would say you definitely want to get your spouse involved in the plan, to the point where they know where they know the passwords. Right. They know the password to the accounts because yes. if, you, if you passed away, you know, it, your spouse, unless you're in a joint account, your spouse can't call the bank and say, um, hey, can you change? You know, my husband passed away. My spouse passed away. Um, I need to do this with my account. If you're not listed on the account, mm-hmm. not as beneficiary, but on the account mm-hmm. as a joint owner, they can't help you. Wow. They will, they will freeze that account, and now you have to go through probate to, oh. to just have access to your bank account. That And that's right? a uh, long process, right? It's a long process. Um, 
That's really you know, good so point it, you're it, making. I mean, I mean, even just to being on the same page with your spouse, making sure both are aware of what's going on can save your marriage. I mean, you know, uh, financial disputes can lead to many divorces. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know what the Social Security plan was, what the distribution plan was, how you invest, um, what the passwords are, you know, who's the advisor, because everything was all in your head and you didn't tell anyone. So if you so if you are married uh, or you have a significant other and they're part of your plan, put them get them involved to some level where they at least have a binder to go to, uh, a spreadsheet to go to, a phone number to call uh, so they can know what the plan was. Not to belabor this subject, and I'm I'm belaboring the heck out of this, this password <laughs> thing, but back to nordpass.com i'm just checking out it's 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 interesting to me um first off that these simple passwords are were number one in 2020 were the most popular and also to answer your question of how do they know these precise numbers uh, one thing on their site it, when you look at methodology it says the list of passwords was compiled in partnership with independent researchers specializing in research of cybersecurity incidents. They evaluated a 4TB database. So maybe that's leading to some. Uh, does that mean anything to you? I mean, that, you were just speaking Greek just now. I, I thought so too. I was hoping that you would go, ah, aha, Eureka. Oh, that's, that's it. The 4TB, the 4TBs. Oh, yeah. The 4TB database. Use- because I usually use the two TB database, so I'm familiar with the two TBs, but the four TBs. The four TB database. That's <laughs> how you get. You know what? I'm so weird. I'm going to spend a good amount of time today. Now I've got to search a Google four TB database, and what is that? I'm going to have this answer next yeah. week. We'll do a whole podcast next week on on passwords. That's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> Mo is teaching class how to handle passwords. Mo, I enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for Same providing here. the information. And, um, well, once again, thank you for an outstanding weekend you provided last weekend for the entire <laughs> podcast staff. Thank you for joining us. And, you know, we drop these every Friday. So another one is coming down, coming your way soon. Your finances untangled. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. New episodes of Your Finances Untangled are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. Investment advisory services offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Moise Piram and his guests provide general information, not personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. The opinions expressed on this program are not intended to be a recommendation or investment advice and do not constitute a solicitation to buy, sell, or hold a security or an investment strategy. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company.